Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest, she's looking at me and she's making me smile already. <laughs> she is absolutely amazing on all levels. She's a TV presenter, a radio presenter. She's a, a clothes designer, a homeware designer. Yeah. She's a mum of two. She, you basically do everything. She is, of course, Fern Cotton. Hello. Hi. I mean, you just do so much. Yeah, I guess I'm doing lots of nice things that feel very creative and... And really natural, and I'm kind of just doing lots of things I like at the moment. So rather than doing one job a lot and yeah. being away from home, I'm at home a lot with my kids, but doing lots of lovely, creative things. So I've managed to kind of make it all work for me, which is really lucky. I find it really hard thinking about when the boys are with you know Tom's parents or whatever, and I'm writing, having a writing day, if I haven't done what I should be doing, mm. if I haven't been really focused, if yeah. I haven't put down some great words mm. that really work together, I feel awful. Yeah. I feel like I haven't been with you and I've done rubbish work. This is the perils of having a creative job. Mm. You know, you're creating your own limits and, and you can keep pushing through them. And, you know, other jobs I've done, 
there were limits and you could kind of do job and go away and feel quite content. But I think especially of writing or if you're creating something, you know, oh, I could have done that a bit better or I could have put more energy into that or whatever. And it's 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 ongoing. And then you're trying to juggle motherhood as well. Yeah. I mean, what we have to do is not beat ourselves up so much and just go, you know what, I'm a knackered mum. It's all right that I wasn't my best today and that's... That's fine. Mm. I can actually remember texting you, just got a flashback of having a really difficult day. And I, I got a message of Buzz, it was when Buzz was a baby, on a swing. And I hadn't put him on a swing yet. Mm. And it was his grandparents had put him on a swing. And I can remember texting you and being like, I feel awful yeah. having a real thing of mummy guilt. And you yeah. being like, it's fine. Yeah. We all have it. We all do. I think if you don't work and you're at home with your kids, you might feel guilty or frustrated or something about not being at work or giving mm. up a career maybe you don't but I think some people do and then on the flip side if you do choose to go back to work it's how much mm -hmm. and then it's juggling if you're doing your best in that time and then it's if you're working loads because you have to because you need the money then not seeing your kid I mean there's so many variables and there's always going to be a bit of guilt or frustration attached to it because modern day women are trying to juggle so much mm -hmm. and like reams of stuff, lists of things that we have to do each day and moments that we're meant to be reaching with the kids and work things that we're trying to excel at. And it's just endless and you know, it's exhausting to think about it, let alone go through the yeah. day with it. And I think we have to just be, you know, talk to each other and also be really kind to ourselves, which is really hard and not beat ourselves up and not compare and despair, like look at other people and go, they're doing so much better than me or they're with their kid more than me or they're, you know, at work more than me or whatever. It just doesn't matter. You've got to set your own boundaries and rules and live by that. Otherwise you go mad. You're such a home bird. I love being at home. I really. I don't leave. think it's funny. Like I think growing up, like ten years ago, if you'd have said, "Oh, Fern," like in ten years, where everyone will think of Fern Cotton and think she's such a home bird, she <laughs> she loves you know cooking and doing everything. I don't think people would have necessarily thought no, that. But I wasn't then. I mean, I've always loved being at home, and I feel very comfortable and free and cosy mm. whenever I'm at home, and that's always been the case. But in my 20s, I also loved going out. So yeah. I would always look forward to still getting home at the end of the night. But I loved going to gigs and going out with my friends. And I didn't have any kids and I wasn't married. So I kind of, I guess that's what I was. I was going with the crowd and going with my friends and having a nice time. And, and most of those friends have now had kids. So yeah. they just come to my house and we'd sort of just chat rather than get drunk. <laughs> have you always had that maternal side? Yes, massively. I think I probably started feeling broody in my late teens not that that was on the cards at all but I just knew oh I've got to have a baby I want to have a baby so bad <laughs> and what sort of mum did you think you were going to be oh I thought I was going to be in a caftan wandering around <laughs> freely going guys do whatever you like it's fine yeah you know eat that chocolate bar off the floor it's cool man <laughs> you know whatever and obviously you're not obviously you're like stressed and frazzled and constantly chasing your tail and behind on everything and you know get a bit angry sometimes you tell you do all the things that you don't want to do but mm -hmm. you know motherhood is so extreme it's the most amazing thing in the world and it's the toughest thing ever and it pushes you to all of your limits whether that be really beautiful good ones with how much love you can give and receive but also like your stress levels and your patience and tolerance it pushes all of it so yeah I'm not the mum that I thought I was going to be by any means 
It's so funny. I just think uh, those two, I think you all have the ideal. Mm, did you think, think like that? Yeah, well? and I see yeah. other people with their kids and I'd be like, oh, I'll be like this. Or friends would see me with their kids and be like, oh, you'd be a great mum. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah. yes, of course. I can be creative, mm. I can be fun. And then you have your own and there's no... There's no rest. It's, no. it's all on you. Have the iPad. Watch it for as long as you like. <laughs> I'm going for a poo. Bye. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, dear. Um, how are your pregnancies? Let's go there. Different. So my first one with Rex was, I guess, pretty bog standard. Mm. I felt really sick until about 17 weeks. Ate so much cheddar cheese. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Couldn't stop eating cheddar. And then I felt remarkable after that there was a really sort of seminal moment where I went to a friend's house and I was eating a sandwich and I went oh I don't feel sick and then I just started feeling amazing like that night it was bizarre just literally just switched yeah and I felt great the whole time I put on so much weight I ate all the food in the world and I loved it and I nested and I cleaned my house and just all the cliche things were fulfilled and then with honey oh my god (laughs) Literally the second I did a pregnancy test, I felt sick (laughs) and I felt absolutely deathly every single day for every second of every day until the day after I gave birth. No. Yeah. There wasn't a second where I thought, oh, I feel a little bit normal. I felt horrendous. Like the first three months, I could barely move. I dragged myself to work, could just about stomach a bit of food, dragged myself home, get into bed again. It was horrendous. Went to bed at like seven every night just to kind of switch off from it. And then gave birth and was like, oh, I've got this amazing baby. Then I was like, hold on a minute. I still feel sick. And my doctor was like, look, it's going to take about 24 hours for your hormones to sort of level out. I'm like, what? I was expecting the minute that she popped out, I'd feel euphoric. And um, that was really, it was the hardest thing physically I've ever been through. But obviously beyond worth it. Yeah. There must have been moments though where you were a bit like, it was awful. "Oh God, it was horrendous." <laughs> yeah, it was. I was googling every, you know, on mums now, whatever. Going, you know, have you ever felt completely like at your rock bottom, pregnant with sickness? You know, just googling anything to sort of hear other people's stories. Yeah. And there's loads of women that have extreme sickness, and and I'm not talking like, "Oh, I felt a bit icky and I was sick of it." This was extreme. Mm-hmm. I was bed bound basically for the first three months, apart from when I would kind of just about drag myself out to do my radio show at the time and come back and I was straight back in bed. I could barely eat. It was kind of small little bits of food, but I just kept my liquids up, kept sort of drinking lots of smoothies and stuff like that. But it was it was pretty extreme. Um, and it's kind of put me off doing it again. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I, if I had that experience again. It was so hard. I'm not sure I could, I I could guess go through it again. It's a gamble, isn't it? Because mm. you really don't know what you're going to get. I could get the same as the first time, but it could be... You know, the same, and I feel really lucky. I've got, you know, two kids, two stepkids. I've got mm. a really lovely family unit. I, I feel quite kind of done in that respect. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Oh, that's the thing. I think there are so many people that are going through it and they just don't know how it's how horrible. many other people are going through it. So you feel very feel alienated. Like, yeah. You really do. Did you have sickness? No, just a bit of nausea. I was really yeah, lucky. that's great. Really lucky. Mm. Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> what is, so you you literally just kept up your liquids and yeah I just tried to, to kind of eat things that I like so I liked certain things I was really into and and then if I even smelled uh, toast or bread I would just run a mile that was my worst smell at the time was and I love toast more yeah. than anything if Jesse made toast I'd have to leave the house it made me really? feel so nauseous so yeah it was really strange the things that I liked and then like my washing detergent I just couldn't bear it and my car like everything just I just needed to sort of keep away from anything that's more artificial or it was just it was very peculiar but really extreme 
Mm, and how different were your labours? Very, actually. And due yeah. to you, <laughs> luckily, one of them was very different. So the first one was long and it was intense and otherworldly and I didn't know what to expect and mm. it was the opposite of what I thought it was going to be. And I guess I was quite shocked in that process because I wasn't focused on what was ahead. I just sort of was thinking, get the baby out, get the baby out. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't dilating for ages and I ended up having an epidural because I was just absolutely knackered. It was just a very long, drawn-out process over about two days in the end. And then out pop Rex and it was all amazing. And, you know, that first <laughs> moment you have a baby is obviously the most surreal thing ever. You just think, <laughs> what is going on here? And there's this little human. And, oh, I was flying for weeks after that. And then with Honey... After I had a conversation with you mm. about hypnobirthing, I hadn't bothered doing any of that because I felt really overwhelmed being pregnant it's with so Rex. It's so funny, though, because I feel like if I if anyone asked me who who would do hypnobirthing, mm. I would instantly think of you. I, I kind of toyed with the idea, and then I was so bogged down with what's going in this hospital bag and what do mm. I need to keep the baby alive and, and will I be able to breastfeed? I felt like I can't fit that in, all of this, this yeah. new information. So I kind of just thought, oh, it'll be all right. And it was. But after I had a chat with you about your euphoric birth, I was like, <laughs> I want a bit of that. And I didn't believe you. I'll be honest. Yeah. I thought, what a load of rubbish. Gee's totally lying. This is just a load of baloney. So anyway, did the hypnobirthing thing. Watched all these beautiful YouTube videos of women having these peaceful births, which I mm. highly recommend because it makes you see the reality of it. And yeah. that it's possible rather than watching people in horrific movies screaming and ah, oh, whatever. In films where they're acting. Yeah, you know? horrific, because <laughs> yeah. that's nothing like labour. Yeah. So watching these videos and I felt like in a different headspace, like, okay, this is possible. I can I can possibly do this too. And with all the breathing techniques. Mm. So then I had a, a water birth with Honey. It was very peaceful. Jesse felt much more part of it because he'd kind of learned what he could do to help, uh, which was get out of my face at some times <laughs> and also light little... Uh, electric tea lights and make the lighting low and just getting the mood set, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was way quicker, way less intense and quite peaceful at times, which mm. is weird. But I really enjoyed it. So thank you very no, much too. for that. I, I highly recommend <laughs> it. I, anyone I find out that's pregnant, I'm like, hey, birthing. You've got to do it. I but do the that the thing now. is, I know it's not for everyone, but I just think, mm. look into it. You know, like everything, look into it. And if it's not for you, that's absolutely fine. But um, I think give it a go. Why not? Yeah, Why what not? have you got to lose? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I think if you go into it feeling more relaxed and peaceful, even if your birth is still long, drawn out, whatever, at least you've kind of not felt stressed before it. The lead up's been yeah. relaxed and mm -hmm. confident. And I think that's sort of the main thing. Yeah. And that's the thing. So many people kind of they might have to have emergency C-sections. But course, I think yeah. having had that, um, that time to just be calm, yeah. it makes such a big difference. It does. A huge difference. How did you find it once the baby's arrived? Um, very different both times, actually. With Rex, it was just all-consuming. Obviously, with your first baby, mm -hmm. you just think, what is going on? And <laughs> how do I keep this human alive? And am I ever going to sleep again? There's just <laughs> lots of questions. And um, But I was absolutely buzzing. You know, mm. that was the biggest game-changing moment because before that, my focus had been work predominantly yeah. and then a little bit of fun and la lazing around or whatever. And then all of a sudden... 
all of that goes out the window and you don't care about anything but this little baby. Mm. And I really liked that change of pace in life because, you know, I'd worked since I was 15, so yeah. I, I, I couldn't remember anything before that, really. It was sort of just work. So this was such a lovely breather of just experiencing life and seeing life growing in front of me, and I loved that whole experience. And then with Honey, I guess I felt a lot more capable because I'd done it before mm. and I wasn't so nervous and I kind of dipped in and out of doing a bit of work from about three weeks onwards I'd just take her with me and come home and I and I felt a lot more in control and calm about it there's obviously still nerve-wracking moments or if they get ill or whatever but I definitely felt more relaxed second time around. Mm. How does work make you feel? when you're, you know, going away from the kids. Because Emma came on the first mm. episode and she was like, she loves going to work. And Joe Elvin actually said the same thing. They were like, their work is their place. Mm. You know, they love their children absolutely completely. But when they're out of it and they're at work, they can kind of, you know, well, some people just have serious mummy girl. I have that. I mean, we all I have do. that. I think it's having that, that, but both of those things, I'm a really. a bit of both. Like, I really love my job and, mm. and I'm very lucky because I know a lot of people hate their job. And I really enjoy where I've moved to in my career. So mm -hmm. before it was very high octane and I would be in London every day and I would be rushing in rush hour and I would be interviewing lots of bands and then going on to do some filming and then going on to a photo shoot and working till very late and everything was very bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. But with kids, that just doesn't, that didn't work for me. I just felt like I'm never going to see them. I don't want to be absent when they're this small that much. So I've managed to very slowly, and it was quite hard, leave behind what I was doing a lot. And then now, you know, I've moved into this other area of doing a lot of design work, a lot of writing, working with companies that I love and brands that I love still doing a bit of TV and a bit of radio here and there but kind of much more around the kids mm. and I love going to work and I love doing stuff like this today and I love doing all my drawing stuff and my writing stuff but I really love being with my kids as well and yeah of course like having a four and a two-year-old's really hard work and <laughs> really tiring and exhausting and all those sort of things but I don't want to just leave them every day and be at work and, yeah. and the, the guilt thing does come into it as well because you know I know deep down that at this point they probably do need me around a bit more maybe when they're six seven eight or whatever and they're at school every day both of them at school every day I'll be able to work a bit more and not feel so absent but I think at the moment especially honey she's only two mm. I think she kind of needs a mum around a bit more so I've managed to get my balance right for me and I don't think there's any wrong or right but for me it feels like it's at the right place at the moment. Have there been times because obviously I think being a, a mum in the public eye I know you don't really do your mum stuff in the public eye it's you're very private but are there times when you're, out, when you're out and about that you feel maybe judged or like pressured from I don't know having people because it's you and yeah. seeing, seeing you with your children it's very very different seeing you on TV mm. um, where you're in a controlled environment I yeah. find it you know where if we go places and the kids are screaming I'm a bit like oh yeah you know, I get mum sweats I'm I literally yeah, it's it's I can't intense. actually mother when I'm in public yeah I'm it's just rubbish. hard but I do think other people like seeing that you're normal and yeah. that like oh, you know, they've not got eight nannies all swarming around them <laughs> helping. It is just you in Sainsbury's with a kid going mental because they want a chocolate egg and it's eight in the morning. Like I think other people want to see that. <laughs> and it's quite nice, you know, that we are all in it together. And I think yeah. the more exposing you are about your own, you know, misdemeanours or times that are tough, you know, people like that. And, and that is something that you do human. actually really well. Mm. Uh, I feel like your Instagram 
is amazing. And I feel like maybe it's something that's evolved over time. Mm. But you, I love the fact that you can go from being on a shoot somewhere or filming Celeb Juice to being up at 5.30 in the morning yeah. with, your, with your crazy hair bun. But that's like the reality of it, do you but know what I mean? not a lot of people do it. But that's the thing that's really dangerous about social media is mm-hmm. that, you know, and I fall into that trap, I'll look and go oh, man, they look so amazing and they seem to have everything sorted and their career's going so brilliantly and they've got kids or whatever. And I feel like I'm treading water quite a lot. Yeah. And I, I'm always chasing my tail and I can't keep up with the emails and the maintenance at home and the kids' schedules or the school stuff. And I feel like, ah, you know, just exploding sometimes. And I think social media obviously can make you feel like, you know, the absolute opposite is happening in other people's world. Yeah. So you go, God, they've got it all sussed, all sorted. Oh, my God, it's like a tiny 1% fraction of their life. But mm-hmm. we all believe it to be the truth and the, and the reality. So I'm more than happy to kind of show a bit more of the reality. And it's still not all of it. There's probably still <laughs> moments that I wouldn't want to show. But I think it's better to sort of be, you know, as truthful as you feel is appropriate. And don't and you find that that stuff that. resonates more? and engages more and people yeah. are like yes thank yeah, you yeah definitely I mean I like following people on Instagram that show them them you know themselves in in a re- in a real sense so people like Lena Dunham who just doesn't care doesn't and just, care at all She's I great. love I love that and I, I get a lot of solace from that and a lot of joy from that people just sort of going yeah you know this was awful or or this was great equally and you know I I don't want to feel bad about then posting in the same day as me posting a picture of me say cleaning egg off the floor that my kids have spilled <laughs> to then me being you know doing a glamorous photo shoot because mm. I do both yeah. and I'm quite happy doing both and that is the weird combination of, of my life so I'm going to just sort of put it out there as I believe it is and I guess if those if those platforms are you literally documenting your life then it's great that it's all there together. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a more rounded picture if you're sharing everything. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, people want to put you in a box and go, this person is this, and that's all you're allowed to be. Mm. And it's like, but no, we're all so complex and we're all made up of so many compartments and so many different areas of life. And a bit of my life does sometimes look a bit glamorous and a bit swanky. Um, I don't necessarily believe in it, but it's quite fun <laughs> for a second, yeah. having a bit of decadence here and there. <laughs> and then sometimes my life is you know, very normal and I'm picking up the kids from school or I'm, you know, I was in the supermarket this morning, swiftly followed by a trip to the ball pit. It's no different to what anyone else is up to. Yeah. Um, you know, so I go from these sort of different areas of life, but it's all the real me. Yeah. Um, I don't think you should be boxed and go, well, you can't do the bit glamorous stuff if you're doing the mum stuff. You can do it all and do whatever you like. Mm. I love it. Mm. When, uh, when the kids were born, have you ever done like mum groups? A little bit. Me and my girlfriends are all having babies at the same time anyway, and that was fortunate. So we just spoke a lot, and yeah. I, I didn't feel like there was room to make up. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A whole new group of friends. So Rex did a little bit of football and then he just was not interested. But bar that, we just hang out with our mates and I take them into the forest and we go running and looking for worms and go in the park or feed the ducks. Just really normal things. I think you can get so bogged down with having to fit into this criteria of what a new mum should do. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee if any of our generation talks to our mums they'll just go what are you on about <laughs> baby group where you meet other mums I mean, it's ludicrous like my mum mums back in the day their sole purpose was to keep you alive yeah. and love you and that was it there was no other criteria needed now you've got to take them to jujitsu and make them eat kale and you know make sure that they've got they can speak a second language by the time they're three it's like oh go away it's like it's insane and it's so much pressure for us all how do you deal with that pressure i kind of ignore it a lot of the time which is hard because there's noise everywhere in this mm-hmm. day and age, media, TV, Instagram, magazines, whatever, and you constantly feel like you're not up to scratch. So I try and ignore a lot of it. Um, but then sometimes I will think, oh, my God, you know, am I doing enough with them or am I, you know, doing enough arts and crafts or whatever, or whatever so it is. you do so much. You do so much. You're always <sighs> constantly baking. Well, we, are, we do a lot of stuff at home, but yeah. I, I tend to do a lot of, you know, like baking at home, drawing at home, that sort of thing. But... You know, I don't do any of that group stuff or the lessons. So I get a little bit paranoid about that. But I feel this is right for me. But Mm -hmm. it's hard to switch off from that noise, I think. Yeah. But ask your mum. They didn't do any of it. Well, I guess the thing is social media as well. So people have, they can get to you. You know, they can literally say to you, why aren't you doing this? Or you're doing this wrong. And there's always someone who's going to comment. Always. That's the thing. And I I struggle with that one. But I, I have done since I was 15, you know, even before social media came about being overly judged about every little moment of your life. Um, I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm not Beyonce or anything, but I've had a certain amount of people judging me or telling me what's right or what's wrong for a very long time. And I think you should get used to it, but I never have. Mm. I've never gone, oh, I'm cool with it now. Water for ducks back. I'm really overly sensitive. and I probably shouldn't be doing the job that I do because of that, but I managed to sort of mitigate it by really enjoying the things that I'm doing. Mm. But it's still definitely dense, and I think it's hard to uh, ignore that. And the thing that I try and dilute it with is talking to a lot of other people. So, you know, I was on the phone to Emma Willis last week saying, oh, God, how do you deal with this and that? And talking to other mums who are in the industry who Mm. uh, are open and vulnerable enough to kind of give you the the honest truth, I think that helps. Uh, One thing that you do focus on a lot at home, I've been reading your book, Happy, which is amazing, absolutely incredible, is happiness Mm. and taking those things that make you happy and putting them in the home. Yeah, I think it's got to be really simple. I think we all try and overcomplicate everything in this day and age Mm. and we all think we need certain things, we want certain things, and when we reach certain benchmarks, we're going to feel happy or feel different. And then you end up going... I don't feel any different when you've reached those, you know, points. So I think just to have a general happy environment at home or work or, you know, in whatever way you want to kind of apply it, it's just to keep everything really simple. And, you know, for me, it's like going for a walk once the kids are in bed, if my husband's at home and just putting headphones on and getting out in the fresh air or mm. doing some doodling and sketching because I love drawing or baking a cake. Like it's it's never anything fancy or yeah. exotic. My daily happiness is like little hits all day long of stuff that makes me feel good. And it's not going to come from people liking an Instagram post. It's not going to come from getting a new job. It's going to come from these little moments that just all make a little patchwork blanket of the day. And then I get to the point where I'm going to bed and go, oh, 
that was quite a reasonable day. Yeah. Night, everyone. And I'm, I'm cool, I'm content. I've stopped trying to chase those massive highs that I spent my 20s running towards at great speed. And, and it's just a bit slower and simpler. And I think um, that probably came with age. And... I feel like motherhood's really grounded you. Mm, yeah, I guess... I, don't, I never know if it is motherhood or it's age because it all kind of coincided around after I turned 30. And yeah. I think that's a seminal moment for most women. Mm. But... I think, um, and just sort of life experience and having good times and, and really awful times mm. of then going, well, let's scrap all that. What do I really want? And and then that becoming your whole structure for how you live your life. Mm. Were there times, in the, especially in the first, because I think that's such a massive change going from naught to one mm. children, were there any specific times that you found it quite overwhelming? I mean, probably the whole time, always, but, um, but never, <laughs> like, devastatingly. It goes up and down, doesn't it? You can have a moment yeah. where everything comes crashing down. Yeah, but, like, that can, you can have that happen four or five times in a day. Yeah. Where, like, at the weekend, Jessie was away, and on the Sunday, we had these gorgeous moments where Rex was holding my hand in the park and saying, I love you, Mum. <laughs> and the next minute, he was having an absolute breakdown because he wanted a new fidget spinner, and I said no, and he was going mad in the high street. And it's like, you know, you have these... It's a roller coaster, and I think... You know, they're very different. So Honey's very chilled, Rex is very intense. And I think he was probably quite tricky at about two, whereas mm. Honey's quite easy. So right. I don't know. I think it's it just depends on the day, on your state of mind, if you're looking after yourself, how you deal with situations and react to them. So I think it's all, you know, a mind boggle, but not to devastating effects. No. You know it's going to end. Yeah, there's You're just another phase to go through. And, you know, I've got stepkids, so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a bit aware of what's happening in the future as well and those sort of milestones. So and They are lovely mm. and they're really hands-on. Yeah, they're amazing. They're, I mean, Lola, my stepdaughter, who's 12, she's one of the only humans who can get Rex out of having a really bad tantrum. Really? She's the one person who will just go, right, go and sort him out and she'll go and do it. And we can't go anywhere near That's, him. Is that just, did that just happen naturally? Yeah, she's just great with him. And then... Arthur's just love. I mean, he just loves honey. He's like so cute and walked Rex to school today. Oh, just gorgeous. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it really works. We're very, very lucky. It really yeah. works, all four of them. Yeah. And uh, obviously being a stepmom as well, it's like that it's just that bigger family unit, isn't it? Mm. Everyone's in it together. Yeah, it's and I don't feel like with you that there's any real separation. They're all your no, children. There's not. It's you know, I'm not trying to be their mum because they've got a mum yeah. and um and that was never my intention. And because I became a stepmom first mm. I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought, well, these guys are lovely. Let's just all hang out and see what naturally occurs. And luckily, I've forged two really beautiful relationships with them. And I feel really lucky and I, I love being a stepmom. And it can be a really tricky role because it's unknown territory yeah. and there's no blood relation and it can be very complicated. But we've really made it work somehow. And that's half them, half me. You know, they're very accepting and open to me being in their life and I was really up for them being in my life. So we've all m met in the middle. So, yeah, at first it was kind of a novelty and mm. oh, this is exciting and strange and new. And then now I really understand the responsibility that I have in their life and it's to be another layer of support. It's to be another person to guide them through certain situations, just someone to cheer them up or whatever, help with their homework. I'm there as another person to yeah. help. And, and I really like that role and I've really grown into it. I think it's something that just takes time. And I feel like for the first time in the last sort of year, we really feel like, especially since Honey came along and that's now settled down, now she's two, we're a family of six. Mm. And, you know, I asked Arthur recently, do you feel like Rex and Honey are your 
half siblings. And he's like, God, no, they're just my brother and sister. And as long as they all grow up feeling like they're just fully brothers and sisters, yeah. then I feel like Jesse and I have kind of done our job. It's so lovely. Uh, and Jess is away a lot, like Tom, mm. like Tom used to be. Mm. You're a tour wife. Tour widow. <laughs> yeah. How do you find that? I always really hate the bit before he goes away because mm. I get really panicked that I'm not on top of everything. Yeah. I panic about if I'm going to have any time to myself at all and how logistically it's going to work out. So I get quite panicked about all of that. And then when he's away, there's ups and downs, I feel like. Some of the time it's quite nice to sort of just go to bed at nine and read a book and not have to talk to anyone. I mm. quite enjoy that solitude. <laughs> and then other times I really think, oh, I really want someone to give anecdotes to about my day or, <laughs> or, or I've got this problem that I want to figure out and I need someone to bounce off and there's no one here. And mm. it can be quite strange in that way. So, yeah, it kind of has its ups and downs. And then there's this weird period where he'll come back from a week away or whatever and he has to kind of re-enter the atmosphere and you know, start dealing with loads of people in the house again, all that sort of thing. But he's mega hands-on, yeah. and also I wouldn't allow him not to be, so he's got no choice. <laughs> but he's really hands-on, and, and he just kind of gets stuck back in again. Yeah. I have this thing when um, Buzz was talking, and I, I was with Buzz the majority of the time, I'd say, and Tom was off on tour and doing stuff, but it really hurt <laughs> when we'd go somewhere and he'd want his dad. Even mm. though it was me giving him everything all the time. Dada. Yeah. You know, his total mummy's boy, really. Yeah. But just because he knows he's not the there. Yeah. They just play off each other. They do mind this all the time. Like, Jess will be at work and Rex will want the iPad more often than not. And I'll say no. And then dad walks in. Oh, dad, dad, I want the iPad. Please, I love you, dad. And it's like, all of a sudden, dad's the centre of attention. They just play off each other. Like, they're so smart. Even from, you know, as soon as they can talk, they've got it figured out. Mm. <laughs> Would you say the hardest transition uh, was from naught to one babies? Well, say babies because because um, Arthur and Layla are very mm -hmm. much there. Naught uh, to one babies or one to two babies? Um, I would say naught to one because that first year is so sleep deprived. Uh -huh. And for a woman, if you choose to breastfeed, it's so full on. How did you find that? Uh, first time, again, it was a real novelty and I really loved breastfeeding and I did it up until six months. But at the end, maybe month or so, I was doing a bit of formula as well. Mm -hmm. But I, I really enjoyed it and I wasn't working. I was lucky enough that I didn't work at all for six months. I took a proper maternity leave. So I felt kind of just happy doing that and pottering around. Whereas with Honey, I was kind of... Like, oh, I've got to do this again. I know that's an awful thing to say, but I was like, wow, this is such a massive commitment because yeah. for however many hours a day, I'm sat on a couch mm. and I am a real fidget. So I still breastfed her and I did it for five months this time. My milk started to dry up a lot sooner and I, I don't know why. I was out working a little bit, so I was pumping constantly. Yeah. I'd be on set, coming back off, pumping, 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 back on set, and it was really draining and I felt completely depleted of everything for a long time. So I still did it because I felt like it was the right thing and I did enjoy, once again, that connection and that bonding process, but I found it a lot harder. Mm. And the first time when I stopped with Rex, I felt quite emotional and, oh, the moment's over, I'm not breastfeeding anymore. <laughs> with Honey, I was like, whoa, thank God that's over. <laughs> on to the bottle, now my love. Now let's get on with life. Yeah, and it felt freeing. So, um, you know, and your husband would be able to do a night feed and all that sort of mm. stuff, whereas before it was just, he would be like... <sighs> snoring in the corner and I would be hot breastfeeding, texting my other friends breastfeeding and 
I found that whole year magical and, and quite romantic in a sense. It's really lovely sort of being up at night and no one else is awake. There's something quite lovely about it, but also it's absolutely exhausting. It really is. Yeah. I have friends who literally they get 40-minute naps in between sleeps during the night and, and their baby's Hell. like 12 months old, Hell. a year old. Awful. Couldn't do it. I just, you know, it's just, even thinking about it, it's making my eyelids heavy. Just, no. <laughs> you go to sleep really early, though, don't yes. you? You're really sensible. Not sensible. Boring, G. Very <laughs> sensible. boring. When I see you're going to bed, I'm like, oh, I wish. No, I when wish. I see you going, oh, I've been up typing till two, I think, how, woman? How? How are you alive? You know what? I've just turned back to caffeine. I've been off caffeine for so long. What are you doing not drinking coffee? Oh, I was, but I was so smug about it. So smug. I was literally like, I've stopped caffeine. I feel more awake than ever. Never. The other day, I was literally almost falling asleep in a coffee shop. Never typing. will I give up drinking coffee, ever. There's absolutely no way. I don't care who says how many cups you should drink. I will drink it until I die. I love it. <laughs> it's the best. Has coffee got you through? Probably one of the things. I love it. But I think also just, um, isn't it the best feeling, though, when you take a problem to a friend or mm. something you're worrying about and you say, can I just get this off my chest? And you say it and they go, oh, yeah, I've been through that. Yeah. And you go, what? <laughs> oh, okay. That's not so bad. Like that's the best moment because you feel so alone. Yeah. And like you're a freak or whatever. And then when you impart those words and and then it's met with someone else who's been through it. That's the best feeling ever. Mm. And then they might be able to give some wisdom on that moment or whatever, but it's just such a lovely feeling knowing that you're not alone mm. if you've got a worry or something that's been burdening you that you don't want to say out loud. Like, always talk, always talk. Well, I think that's a huge part of motherhood mm. because, I, for me, I feel like it is very lonely and you can yeah. feel quite isolated. And whereas people like to bash social media, I think there's this whole new wave of, of women and, and, and dads who are kind of saying, actually, we're all going through the same yeah. stuff. It's fine. You Whatever you're doing, you're doing your best and it's amazing. It's really important. And I think, you know, let's not forget, some mums do lie and some will go, oh my God, my kid ate broccoli last night <laughs> with a side of asparagus and they can swim already and they're two. And you go, oh my God, that's amazing. And you go away thinking, you absolute cow. They're, they're pe people like to boast and lie about things. Well, I'm not one of them. I'm much happier just to be very honest and say things are really bad right now or whatever. But some people love to kind of Talk about one moment like it is eternity. Mm. And, uh, or you get people that don't realise that they're lying. So they'll yeah. be like, my kid sleeps through the night. You're like, yes. oh my God, that's incredible. Your baby's only two weeks old. Yes, she slept from 10 till 3. It's like, not well, through the night. That, uh, what? what, what, what? No, that's 3 <laughs> is not the morning. Afraid to break this to you. People do it. And it's. I think it's probably to calm their own anxiety around really yeah. stressful situations. But I think the best thing is to be really honest and say, you know what, my kid is only eating bread right now and I'm going absolutely <laughs> mad what can I do and someone else will go oh mine did that don't worry it mm -hmm. will pass or whatever or give you a nugget of advice and my god that everyone's going through their own thing and everyone's going through eight million problems a day and if you just share it and hear someone's words then that is very comforting and I think it's about finding mums that you connect with as well it is definitely I think being friends you know for the sake of it because this other woman's got kids isn't mm. always enough I think actually finding genuine friends that you know you can be yourself around and that you can be honest with is integral to staying sane throughout yeah. the whole process
So you'll just bump into someone. It could be at the school gates at a nursery run or a friend of a friend or whatever. But, you know, I'm all about gaining new friends later in life. I've got my old schoolmates who I love, but some of my really great friends I met in my late 20s. And they're people that I speak to nearly every day. Um, So I think you've got to be open to it as well, like up for meeting new people, really. And that's a bit weird and scary when you're in your 20s or 30s. But... When it comes to children, I think they're such a great segue into conversation. Yep, absolutely. Like, you know, either they'll say, can I have blah, blah, come back to the house, and then you've got an instant sort of family, you know, that you're socialising with. Or, you know, you might be at the school gates and you just get a vibe, don't you? Like, oh, I think that we'd get on, or they're my kind of person or whatever, and you just get like a little vibe like you're back at school and you just connect with people in that way. So... I don't think you have to start again and get a whole new social scene. But I think, you know, over time, you, you're you more than likely... Like, I met a new mum last year, actually, who lives down the road. And um, she's got a little boy the same age as Honey. And we've ended up hanging out loads and we really get on. And, mm. you know, I think it just always happens at an unexpected moment. You meet in a park or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and it's, it's not nice being to scared that. to have those conversations mm. as well. Because I think even getting out of the house can be scary for oh, some mums. yeah. But do it because you'll meet other parents who are going through exactly the same thing. Yeah, definitely. And you know, even if it's just going for a walk and getting some fresh air, like like you say, with your first baby especially, you feel like, God, should I ever leave the house? Like, how am I going to breastfeed? Or mm-hmm. what happens if they do a poo? And like everything is terrifying. But I think just get out. And there's other people who are dealing with pooey nappies and leaky boobs. Just get I out I literally there. didn't breastfeed out in public for the first six months of home bells. Really? See, I quite enjoyed all that side of it. Did you? Yeah, like I remember once breastfeeding Rex in a tattoo parlour when really? Jesse was getting a tattoo and I just thought, I don't care if you big hairy men aren't cool with this. <laughs> They're coming out. The girls are coming out and it's happening because this kid's hungry. I just think, you know... People have got to get with that. And if people find it strange or offensive, they're living in the dark ages. See, that's where I was with my second. Yeah. The first time around, it took me a good six months. And I remember seeing um, Olivia Wilde did uh, this photo shoot. Did you see it where the baby's... um, Yes. Oh, so the baby's naked. and She's she's so glamorous. And she's breastfeeding the baby. And, oh, so gorgeous. Obviously, it's a photo shoot. It's meant to, you know... But, oh, it was such a perfect image. And actually, it was the comments below the line that made me seethe. Yeah. I was like, why on earth am I taking my child to the car? Why am I staying inside my house so that I can feed at home before yeah. going out? Why am I having panic attacks every time I have to feed him yeah. just so that you can eat your sandwich or do whatever in peace? You don't deserve it, Oh, my actually. God, it's a pair of boobs. It's not like you're pooing on the pavement. It's just I might try that. Boobs. <laughs> you know I mean? it's, like, it's so ludicrous that people could be in any way offended or put off their yeah. food. Like, get a grip on it. Like, you go and stay in the house. Mm-hmm. Eat your sandwich at home, you Loser. Or go to the toilet. Yeah, that literally. I think that was those were the comments that were like, yeah. It's I think ridiculous. I even saw someone go, "It's child neglect." What? I just thought, "Oh, you're an idiot, actually," and oh, it made me angry. So literally, the next day I was in Bath and I was like, "I'm not going back to the car." Good for I'm you. I'm going to sit al fresco yeah, <laughs> and fabulous. sit on this car bench, on this park bench, and just just go for it. Oh, that's a gorgeous thing to do. Mm. One a nice moment for you and your baby as well. It really was so lovely. Mm. So, Fern, mm. you've already done this, but I'm going to ask you to do it again. Uh, you've done it on the video that I made on YouTube, but I'm going to say, I'm going to start three sentences and you're going to complete them for me. I won't remember my answers anyway, oh, so I'll make do it up, make it up. <laughs> Being a mum means... Reaching your absolute extreme everything. Love, stress, emotion, happiness, despair, everything. <laughs> Since having children, I... Cannot go on a trampoline. Learned, <laughs> learned that at the weekend. 
babes. I bought honey a trampoline for her birthday and I thought I'd have a little go like I used to at the old gymnasium when I was 12. It did not work out well. I really wasn't expecting that answer. Thank it you. Was awful. Oh, and I'm happy when? My kids eat their dinner. Oh, when they when I give them a plate of food and they polish it off, I am buzzing for the rest of the day. I'm very easily pleased. <laughs> I love it. Fern, thank you so much for coming on. Thank it's you. It's been just nice to sit down and talk for an hour. Really lovely, really thank lovely. You. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.